Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Of the Social Suplexes podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. I am your host, Floyd Johnson. With me today is the hardest working wife and mom of the isolation period, my partner in positivity, Amy. Oh, how you doing today, Amy? I am doing great. Thank you very much, Floyd. It's been it's been kind of crazy over here. Um, so my husband, Andy Nimity. He came down with an emergency case of appendicitis uh, about two weeks ago. We were watching Dynamite, actually. And um, it was, we were watching Lance Archer. And all of a sudden, I look over, and he is not even able to pay attention at all. He's just, like, kind of standing up and looking dazed. And I'm like, we need to go to the hospital. So we go to the hospital, and I drop him off to a... A PPE clad doctor at the front because there are no visitors allowed. And it was basically just like, see you later. <laughs> I hope you're okay. Turned out he had appendicitis and he was in the hospital for a few days. He had laparoscopic surgery and he's been recovering from that. And uh, now we're finally back to normal. Two weeks later, we're finally back to normal. Not completely normal, but normal enough that we can watch Dynamite, that we can hang out. That, like, he's not holed up in bed in pain all day. Because, like, man, appendicitis sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things for, um, I, I know there's probably doctors or scientists out here that can give me more. But all I've ever heard is how such a useless uh, thing in your body it is that can kill you. You know? Yeah. So your <laughs> appendicitis ends up essentially being a repository for a bunch of gut bacteria. And you have a ton of bacteria in your gut that helps you digest all your of your food. In fact, without it, you wouldn't actually really be able to digest much of your food at all. There's a whole ecosystem happening in your digestive system. And usually you don't need your appendix because you have a fully flourishing ecosystem in your body. 
And really the only time you need it is if you take antibiotics and that kills your gut bacteria, then you have that repository that's just able to kind of put it back in there. But you don't really use it very often. So in this case, Andy's um, appendix got infected and inflamed and needed to be removed. And um, there was a whole situation with that. But then the problem was, was that with the antibiotics, because they were worried about infection, he didn't have his digestive system working. And so he also didn't have his appendix anymore. So then we had to figure that out. It was a whole, it was a whole fiasco. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm glad Andy is okay. Uh, I always tell, say, and I, you know, like, and I don't just say this to you. I say this to anyone that talks to me about Twitter. He is one of my favorite follows. He is hilarious. I, I think if he did, wasn't highly successful in his current field, he would have a job in stand-up or at least writing comedy because the dude's hilarious. <laughs> he is actually really, really funny. I love following him. Yes. And obviously he's my husband, but I love following him. I do have to give him a shout-out, though, because during the two weeks that I was taking care of him and taking care of the kids and taking care of the house, he got me three cameos, one of them from Chris Sapphire from the Netflix's The Circle, the other one from Christopher Daniels from AEW, and then another one from my favorite wrestler in the world, Will Ospreay, who called me the best damn wife in the universe. So I am taking that as my mantle from now on forever, and I'm just going to just own that. <laughs> yes, I saw the Will Ospreay. I think, yeah, I think I saw Will Ospreay and CD, but Will Ospreay was, of course, my favorite because, you know, he does everything 110%. It was so over the top, so awesome. It was hilarious. I can't even tell you how many times I've watched that, and every single time I watch it, I am cracking up. It's hilarious. Yes. Uh, so it's, it's it was awesome. I saw it online. I was like, man, way to take care of your people. I've noticed that's a lot of people's gifts. You know, we've been I've seen a lot of people give out cameos, and you know, it's funny. Um, a friend of mine that's graduating, I was going to do a cameo for him, and it was like the one person he wanted. Quit doing cameo, so it's like what? Okay, I don't know. But yes, I just I, I you know you had a sick husband and you had kids and you're stuck in the house and you have to entertain him and then you take care of him. It's just been crazy. It's been crazy for you. So yeah, so busy. So, so busy. sorry I've been away for so long, but I'm so glad to be back uh, in the seat with you. Yes, we are so happy to have you. We, uh, my friend Dave, thanks Silky Dave, he uh, filled in for a couple weeks because Tiffany started a new job in this period of time. So it was like really, really weird. And I don't know if, how people know when you start a new job, especially if she's essential and your schedule changes and you it was just impossible to sync up. So thanks for Dave for filling in the last few weeks. Uh, and then thanks uh Good Lord, uh, James. James Boyd was on last week. So they actually they stepped up. We had some good shows. But it is good to have Amy back. I, I appreciate you being here. So, uh, yeah. So let's throw out the information. Start off the show. Remind you, this episode of All Things Elite is brought to you by Power Slam TV. 
You can get access to over 4,000 hours of content from 110 of your favorite wrestling brands from countries all around the globe right onto your laptop and multiple dice. If you use the code Social Suplex, you get the first month free. And let me throw out the socials for you this week. It is remember to be following, and it's super important this week, you follow at AT Elite Pod, at Social Suplex, at Phoenix AEW, at All Leaf Tiffany, and those are all on Twitter. So before I hand it over to Amy to do the hosting, we are going to announce a contest. Every uh, every pay-per-view, every paid-for show by AEW, our show has consistently given away a person to be able to view the show for free. We are going to, even in this time, continue that tradition. I am going to post this show, episode 60. It needs to be episode 60. You're going to like, retweet. Uh, you're going to like, retweet, and comment what match you're most looking for, uh, forward to at double or nothing. And you'll be entered in uh, the f- Friday before double or nothing. We'll announce the contest winner, and I'll get you the credentials to sign in. So it's that simple. Episode 60, we share it out after we upload the show and share it out every week. You like, retweet, comment on that episode, and then comment with what match you're looking forward to, and you're entered. To you, Amy. That is such a lovely thing. I love that we do contests like this for every show. That's a wonderful way to sort of embrace the community of AEW because we have so much fun when we're watching these shows together. So that that's awesome. I cannot wait to see who participates and to see who wins and celebrate with you. As for us, let's get into this week of AEW. Now, as I mentioned earlier, this week's Dynamite was really the first time that we were able to fully dive back into AEW, which I have missed so dearly. So I'm going to hand the reins over to you, Floyd, for AEW Dark to cover that real quick before we jump right into Dynamite's coverage this week. Yes, Dark. Um, we had three marches on Dark. This was probably the longest episode since the since the you know COVID and isolation began. It was like 31 minutes. We had three big matches. Uh, Preston Vance or Vanilla Vance or Tin, as he is called has joined the Dark Order, and he's in the first match. He's accompanied to the ring by Brody Lee. He's wrestling Ryan Piles, who's waiting in the ring. This was typical squash match. We saw some character to character development, because Ryan Piles got a couple punches in, and Brody Lee was not, not happy about that. So Mr. Brody... uh uh, Mr. Brody uh, showed his disappointment to Preston. He didn't never hit him, but he definitely uh, looked at him afterwards. But uh, Preston wins with a spine buster. Brody Lee then attacks the little guy after the match just because. The second match, we get Sammy G, who I think has been, him or Chris Jericho have been the MVP of isolation. As in, every time they do anything, it's entertaining. So uh, Sammy G is against the captain, Sean Dean. Very competitive match, but Sammy G gets the win with the Torture Right GTS. I think that's what they uh, call it. 
And then Kip Sabian wrestled Colt Cabana. Kip Sabian with Penelope Ford. Uh, Penelope, the end of the match had Penelope Ford distracting the referee. Kip Sabian uh, hitting Colt Cabana in his cabanas and then rolling him up to get the pin. And that is how the show ended. So that was a bit of an upset, uh, which is cool because I honestly, and I have no fault of their own, over the last couple months of the isolation shows, AEW has been kind of, that. that is my biggest complaint is how predictable it's in. But there's nothing they can do about it. So what what do you uh, mean? Yeah. What, what can you do? He he literally wrote six weeks of shows or whatever weeks of shows in like three days. What can you? Yeah, do? no, I totally agree. It's, and yeah. and you can't really fault them for that because again, they had a very very fast writing session, and then they taped six weeks. So, um, I was very very excited for them to get back into live shows this week. Um, before we dive into that, let's cover being the elite real quick. We had an old carny trick. I have loved being the elite in isolation um, as much as, in, if not more in some cases, as the actual show or dark. In some cases for, um, for just the amount of fun that's on it. Brandon Cutler is currently doing this kick out challenge thing. And he's hilarious. Brandon Cutler and Peter Avalon have been some of the best parts of being the elite over quarantine and coronavirus isolation. What have your thoughts been on being the elite this week? It was, it was kind of funny. My first podcast that I've ever done was called all around the ring. I still do it occasionally. Uh, but the end of the show, you know, I do my little catchphrases and it's like a uh, life's a work. Don't forget to kick out it too. Well, Brandon, did not hear that because he kept forgetting to kick out at two in his <laughs> his uh, his challenge because it was a false finish challenge, but they kept counting three, so that was hilarious. The whole idea this uh, the them playing BTE, and the thing I was impressed most about is the one shot from behind the gate that Nick made. I, what? Like, other shots they were doing, they were obviously cutting away and then having the ball go in the basket, but he made one where it was just one shot, and it was, like, a pretty long shot, and it was hilarious. And uh, then the whole thing, I do not understand what's going on with um, Luchasaurus and the panda. I don't. I don't know if you watched. I don't watched think this. Luchasaurus understands what's going on with Lucha <laughs> the Panda. <laughs> it's like I'm watching it, and you know, I, you know, me personally, like BTE for the most part, I am drug free. You know, except for prescriptions I have to take to live, but I am drug free. But these little video things had me wondering if I was high. I was like, just. <laughs> I was like, are they fumigating and I forgot to leave or something? Because I was like, I have no idea what's going on here. Uh, I love how Taz, his little uh, thing at the bottom says suplex God, because, you know, he's Taz. But yeah, it was, it was, it was a very entertaining episode. Uh, I enjoyed, I enjoyed it a lot, but like I said, the whole Luchasaurus thing and then the hangman thing when he's trying to make bread, Hangman, again, gift, gift. He is a gift. I, I, I know why he has to stay home for now, but I cannot wait for him to get back. 
Me too. Um, real quick with the Luchasaurus thing, I think that for people who followed his career before AEW, this is like a great Easter egg. For everyone else, it's like, I've never done acid, but I imagine that that's what it looks like <laughs> when you do it. That it's just like his weird dream sequences are amazing and crazy and psycho, and I love it. Um, also, I'm really interested in the private party story in Being the Elite because they have this this bear and bears are familiar territory for being the elite. We've had um, Barry the business bear, or no, Bernard the business bear, and then Barry the <coughs> drug-free bear. So it's really cool that we have bears again, and I hope that we get to see something like that. Maybe on you know a fun show. Um, I don't know if if there's room for that on Dynamite or pay-per-views or anything like that, or if that might be something fun for Fighter Fest, but. I love the fact that they have this weird story where somebody's trying to break private party apart and it is all coming at the hands of this bear that exploded on them and now has kidnapped them. And like, it's just weird and amazing and I love it. So I'm excited to see what what goes on with that. But let's talk about the best thing that happened this week, which was AEW returning to live shows. That was so awesome. I didn't know how badly I wanted that until it happened because like we talked about earlier a little bit, you know, the the pacing of Dynamite has been a little off because, um, you know, we've been seeing the same rotating people and that's totally okay and totally understandable, but I was really looking forward to seeing some familiar faces that we haven't seen in a while and we got the show Oh, it was so good. It was so good. It starts off. You've got Pyro. You've got Cody and Janela. You've got big match feel right out the gate. The whole show was awesome. But let's talk about Cody and Janela because Joey Janela has really been itching to get into the ring. Um, at the beginning of coronavirus isolation, he did a show with GCW where they had all donations from the show was going to the wrestlers to help supplement their income in a time of need. And he was so gracious and grateful to the fans of professional wrestling and just to wrestling in general. And you could tell that he was really missing being a part of it. And it felt so good to see him back in action with this match with Cody. And it was a great match. What were your thoughts on it, Floyd? Yes, I thought it was a great match. I thought uh, Joey Janela got a lot in. You got to see a lot more from him as far as his mat wrestling ability and just uh, keep it up with Cody, you know, and it it was it was enough throwaway match. It was it was an actual competitive wrestling match where you know you had you. I don't think Cody was ever you thought Cody was ever going to lose, but it was you could see where he could lose, and you know, and of course you're building up Cody to get to double or nothing. So it was a very it was a like I said, very entertaining match. Uh, my friends uh, got at me because Cody had all the empty arena pyro, and I'm like, you know, Cody loves pyro. You know, it's just his thing, and it's like he's had to go like a month without it. What do you, What do you think he was gonna do when when he got that <laughs> button? He's gonna press it and press it and press it. That's what Cody does. But yeah, it was a very entertaining match. Uh, Cody uh, Cody gets the pin with the crossroads. Best, uh, I actually heard this on another show. Uh, not even on another show. It was just the fact that Cody finishes 
wrestlers uh, with different moves. That uh, I do love that. Like every you don't you honestly don't know how Cody's matches are going to end because they all end differently. There is no five moves of doom. There is no finishing sequence for a Cody match. They generally come out of nowhere. And it's usually tailored to the person that he's wrestling, which was one of my things about favorite things about Kenny Omega was that he would tailor his matches towards his opponent in a way that would best make his opponent shine. And Cody does a very similar thing, but yet he ends up building character depth within his matches, which I think is really interesting. And for me, that's what came out of this was a new look at Joey Janela being back after being gone for so long. And it may have just been the excitement of it being taped or live again and getting to see this sort of big show feel again. But I kind of came away from this match looking at Joey Janela as an earnest, hardworking underdog who's trying to really prove himself, which kind of seems like his story that he's been telling from the beginning because everybody knew of him as the deathmatch guy, the GCW guy. And he was like, no, I want to prove that I can wrestle. And to me, it feels like he's really earnestly trying to prove that not only can he wrestle, but that he has a spot here, you know, in these in these championship positions with the TNT title, you know, that he he is a name that could be and should be mentioned within the same breadth of those accolades. And I think that's that's a really interesting way to look at Joey Janela heading into this, especially after that match with Cody which Cody is so known for elevating the people that he's working with against and building up their stories afterwards. Yeah, my big thing uh, with Joey is I don't think he's had a direction in AEW. I don't like it's like the one person you know who Darby is, right? He's one of the younger guys. You know who MJF is. You know who uh, who am I thinking? Jungle Boy is right now. Joey Janela is kind of the one you're not really sure what his direction is. And I think in this match is starting to get him on a path. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to see what he does after this. I'm really happy to see him back in the ring. He looked like he was just thrilled to be there. And they both were giving so much of it in that match. It was so good. Like they weren't holding back. They were like in it when they were in that match absolutely absolutely they were uh they gave it their all uh it's like you know you come back and this match is kind of like you think about it if you think about it outside of terms of uh, the storyline is you think cody can't lose but you know all that kind of stuff and it was just like maybe they kind of in some other places they might phone it in but they gave it their all and put on the best match they could and it was it was very entertaining. I thought it was a great match. The great first match being back to live. Absolutely. And then right after that, we get this amazing video package for Nyla Rose. We get her whole story in AEW playing out in just badass move after badass move throughout these big epic matches of hers. And of course, we, re we revisit Nyla versus Riho, both of those matches, which were incredible women's matches. And then she comes out and she's like, basically, dude, I, I'm here. I'm the champion. I still break bitches and I am here to stay. And then we get a match with her. And I don't know if it's a local like enhancement talent 
or if it's a potential new signee or what. But we have uh, this woman named Kenzie Page. She's 18 years old. And she just gets thrown around the ring by Nyla, but yet she still somehow ends up looking good. Like, it's not just a random squash match. I really actually enjoyed this for what it was, even though it was a squash match. Um, I really enjoyed this. And so it was just great to see Nyla again. It's great to be reminded of the feuds that we have in potential with her, with Hikaru Shida, with Britt Baker, um... Chris Statlander, like, ah, I'm so excited for the women's division to get back into gear again. I've really missed seeing them. Yes, and uh, the Kenzie, she has trained, she's trained for four years since she was 14 years old. And Dr. Tom Pritchard, who used to train wrestlers in the WWE, is the person, uh, is one of the people who trained her. So she is the youngest wrestler ever to uh, wrestle on AEW at 18 years old. Well, congrats to her because that must have been absolutely thrilling for her. And she held her own, man. It was awesome. Yeah, she really did. And Nyla, Nyla needed to look dominant because she's been gone so long. So let's say the casual fan might have kind of forgot about her. So this is uh, this is great that uh, it's great that she got in, got to establish herself as the queen of the mountain, the person on the top waiting for everybody else to come along. Absolutely. And speaking of the top, the next match we get is a championship match. It's uh, Frankie Kazarian and John Moxley. And this, was this a championship match? Or was uh, this no, a singles it, match? It, it okay, singles match. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. Anyway, um... This was a really, really good match. I wasn't expecting, like, when I go into a match and I'm pretty sure I know who the winner's going to be, you know, like, Moxley's going to win this match. Like, I kind of lose a little bit of focus in it, you know? Like, it, it loses a bit of that dazzle because I'm not as invested on the edge of my seat. But this match showed Frankie Kazarian in a completely new light for me. For anybody who's been following him back in TNA or, you know, before AEW, before being the elite, they obviously are well aware of his skill set. But for me, I'm primarily used to seeing him paired up with SCU. And in SCU, he's great. But this was a single showcase where they were surprisingly evenly matched in skill, in body type, in height, like the whole thing was great, and it felt like a real rugged wrestling match, and that was awesome to see. What were your thoughts on this one? Yes, the best way I heard it put was it was a professional wrestling match. It was like what you grew up watching as far as professional wrestling. It was, a, you know, two talented people. They worked, they worked a match. They kind of got their stuff in without it seeming like they were trying to get their stuff in. Frankie's been doing this a long time, and it was just like, you know, I, I remember when he was Frankie the Future Kazarian. That's when I started watching him. And it he was, you know, he was this amazing talent. And, and it was funny because you saw him in the tag team, and, you know, they do their thing. But the tag team was more focused on even... Scorpio, he was kind of not necessarily the star of the tag team, but he was the focus. So you forget how good Frankie is, and 
he this match was a a reminder. Yeah, absolutely. I love the way that that was put. That it was a the best professional wrestling match that harkened back to the good old days, quote unquote, of wrestling. Because that's what it felt like. It felt like an old school rugged wrestling match, and it was so cool. I loved it. Um, now, after this match ended, we had Moxley getting you know a paradigm shift on Kaz, and then it's done. And then we get the Dark Order coming out. Like, what? The Dark Order's coming out. They start attacking Moxley. Brody Lee comes out, and I'm like, ah, all right. They're setting up a thing here with Mox and Brody Lee. What do you, what do you think about how that went down? Yes, so um, it's one of those things that a lot of people I, I saw online, because I, you know, I pay attention to Twitter, even though I might not be posting, that it was kind of rushed. Again, they had no choice. <laughs> you know, it's like one of those it's one of those weird things. You probably didn't know that's where they wanted to go. But this was done perfectly. And it was just a you know, Mox is this badass. And even in the the hokey, I'm putting up my air quotes, Dark Order coming out to attack them and everyone else, uh, when Brody says, Hey, you have something I want, Mox looks at him and badass straight out 1980s action movie line all you had to do was ask <laughs> i mean i was like dude is this arnold is this whatever from then it was just he you know it's it was the epitome of who he is brody lee's undefeated mr brody's undefeated and of course and he's taking over uh rich latta uh, he might even throw this out on his show, but I'm not trying to steal his buzz. But he says the WWE is coming back to get at uh, get at John Moxley, you know, for leaving them. And I was like, man, that is a way you could take it. I didn't even think of it that way. He did. So uh, it was hilarious. Uh, I thought the whole thing with them just beating the crap out of him and, and Mox doing his oversell and and Brody Lee looking at the title like it's a stake. And it's just like everything, every little thing that they did made this whole thing mean something. Absolutely. I love the the 80s action hero. That's yeah. so perfect. Because that's what, I mean, that's what he looks like. He's got the ripped up tank top, the tattoos, the buzz cut, the grizzled beard. Like he totally is yes. <laughs> the 80s action hero. All he needs is like an explosion to walk out of. <laughs> yeah. And, and he's fighting against like 20 people, you know. And it's like once, you know, at double or nothing, if you don't think there's going to be interference in that match, I think you're a little silly there. <laughs> the, <laughs> I think you don't know who the Dark Order is. <laughs> yeah, yes. So, like there's going to there's gonna be some interference in that match, so – we're going to find out if the 80, 80s hero ends and wins in the end. All right. Well, so then we've got a couple promos um, that we're going to talk about because we missed a couple of them. We've got MJF who, okay, he had a hangnail. He's still the best. He's coming back next week, and yay. Um <laughs> I feel about it if you want to put some more polish on that by all means go ahead but I'm just like all right whatever dude you got a hangnail good job <laughs> yeah uh it's it's you know MJF is one of those things it's like this is this is where he thrives promos mics in his hand is where he does I just love how he put himself over 
as in he's like, why you're sitting at home, and he's telling you why he's, he basically told you why he gets to move to the front of the line in front of other people, and it was, I think it was so eloquently done, it was just like, oh my god, this dude is so, so good at this. It's like, when you look at him, I don't know how long he wants to do this, but when he's done wrestling, transition into being a manager so easily. Oh so my god, yes! Absolutely! Because, because he's just so good at making you, you feel bad about yourself. He might, he might not even be directing it to you, but he's very good at that. He's such a dick. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and for me, like, I appreciate how good he is at what he does, but, like, I still hate him. So, like, there's this whole love-hate thing, and I'm just like, all right, whatever. MJF is out there doing MJF things, and he's better than you, and you know it. Okay, bye. He loves loves that you hate him. Boos are his tears. (laughs) You know? Boos are his tears. The more you get angry at him, the more you actually come at him, the more he loves it. Well, I will boo emphatically and flip them off along the way, (laughs) which is so funny because I'm such a happy person and I'm just like, no, dude, I hate you so much. (laughs) Yes, yes. He's the the anti-Amy, you know. Yes. (laughs) He really is the opposite. opposite. Yes. Absolutely. He is your reverse flash and that's why you hate him. (laughs) Yes. Yes, I yes, I've seen what the evil can do and I hate it. Yes. Um so we also had Sean Spears. Oh god, this was so good. I love Sean Spears so much. I went into him coming into AEW like I knew he had a name of Ty Dillinger. I knew my friend was like, "Hell yeah, I'm going to go to this AEW show because I like Ty Dillinger." And I'm like, "Okay, I didn't know who that was, what he did, whatever." So he's totally new to me. And oh my god, I went from hating him because of the chair shot to loving him because of his chemistry and charisma and his he's so funny. He's so great with the crowd when he was on AEW Dark for this long stretch. And now like he's been the MVP of the wrestling crowd along with MJF and along with Austin Gunn. And like he's so good. So he cuts this promo calling Cody Rhodes a horrible brother for not throwing in the towel for Dustin Rhodes, for for basically accusing him of looking out for himself because he knows that if he saves his brother, that he ruins his chances at succeeding over him. And if he lets him continue to get pummeled and beaten down, that he then can move up over him. So kind of like sacrificing his brother for his own machinations and not even like on a surface level, but just deep down inside, you know, one of those things that's hard to admit. And that promo is so good. He basically called Cody a sociopath that only cares about Cody. Yeah. Which which is is... what MJF has been saying this whole time though, too. Yes. That's so they are on the same page and, you know, MJF gave him credit for, MJF, who gives never gives anyone credit, <laughs> says I give you credit for calling him out on his crap, which is, you know, it's a thing. I, you know, you know me as a Cody apologist, dude, he got screwed over by someone throwing it in the towel. Him, right? And- like, how is he gonna throw in the 
the towel yeah. for his brother. He got him, screwed on that. Him and Kenny, if you want to go back even further, they had an incident where he almost threw in the towel when Kenny was wrestling Okada, and then Kenny almost threw in the towel when Cody was wrestling Okada, you know, and when they had that little Civil War thing. So Cody's trying to do right by people. So he is seeing the error his ways, how throwing a towel, and he's like, no one should end anyone else's match. So he didn't throw in the towel. But just like a uh, evil ex-best friend that Sean Spears is, you know, he can twist it to make it where it's all about Cody. I mean, Cody may end up finding himself in a position where you're damned if you do you, or you're damned if you don't. So you might as well live in a world where you're damned and be pissed off at everybody yeah. for it. The alternate name of AEW should be Everybody Hates Cody. <laughs> That's almost an anagram of Animal Crossing New Horizons. <laughs> 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 Oh God! Because okay, he gets turned on this, so much. Yeah, <laughs> he gets turned on so much. It's like who's turning on Cody next? Lance Archer comes in, Murder Hawk, and he's like, "Okay, you've been wrestling in New Japan." He's like, "Oh, yep, I'm coming to kill you." He's like, "What did I do to you?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even the champion. Why are you coming after me? <laughs> yes, your last match in New Japan, you lost to Moxley. You didn't come attack Moxley. You came attack Cody for some. He's like, I don't know why. What's going on here? Well, speaking of, okay, well, we got to get into this real quick because we were just talking about MJF. MJF versus Jungle Boy was announced for Double or Nothing. That's going to be great. We'll talk more about that later. But speaking more about Lance Archer, this is where we start to ramp up in the show. We got Brandy Rhodes coming out and cutting this gorgeous video promo on uh jake the snake and lance archer and basically just talking about how you know she knows who jake is she knows what he's going to try to do he's going to try to back her into a corner so her superhero husband can come and save her but she's very quick to remind him that this isn't the 80s or the 90s where women were damsels in distress waiting for their men to come help them and bail them out of a precarious situation, but that she is a badass queen who can take care of herself. And if you slap her, she's going to hit you right back. And this shit was awesome. I love these Brandy videos because she's so good at coming across so serious and so powerful. It was like... Feeling a bit of, you know, chief brand officer authority, but also just a fierce, powerful woman and an independent, powerful woman. I loved this. Yeah. And she uh, very comes off. I love the idea when she says, you know, Cody's like this white meat, do everything right. Babyface. That's not who I am. You know, she she yep. basically say I'm an asshole. You know, <laughs> I'm the asshole <laughs> of, this, of this group. And you know what? I'll hit an old man. That's basically, in essence, what she said. You know, I guess that's true. I will hit an old man. You know, she's like, come at me. <laughs> you know, and it was like, it was, she's very tough. I've always told Cody, I'm like, I love you, but I'm kind of scared of your wife. I, and it's a true thing. She has this, she has this subtle intensity about her. That makes her a bit scary. And it's like very intimidating person. So it's like, and it comes across on these promos and I love it. 
Oh, yeah. No, it was so good. So then we have Lance Archer coming out, and he has a match with QT Marshall because QT Marshall is Dustin Rhodes' tag partner, and it's not good enough to take down Dustin Rhodes. Nah, you got to completely tear the man down and completely tear the Rhodes' friends down and just demolish QT Marshall, which he does because he's Lance Archer. Well, at the end of this match... We see Lance sort of looking at Brandy and you, you sort of feel like they're going to do what she just talked about in the video. But then you have Britt Baker come out and she tackles Brandy Rhodes and knocks her out. And then you get this disgusting, oh my God, this horrible but amazing and gut-wrenching and awful and twisted and enraging but also awesome situation where Jake brings out the freaking snake. You got Jake the Snake with the snake. And then he does this disgusting thing where Brandy's like knocked out unconscious in the ring. And he like gyrates on top of her. And then he puts the snake on her. But the visual of it is like, you know what it's supposed to, you know, come across as that like she is helpless. She is vulnerable. She's unconscious. She's been dominated. And he is dominating her or attempting to dominate her in every level, even in the most psychologically repulsive ways. But it was so good. It was so good for what it accomplished. He he made her exactly what she said she wasn't. You know, like the 80s, 90s damsel in distress kind of thing. That was his psychological ploy on her. He was like, it's just as helpless as you said you weren't. I am going to make you that. I'm going to rip down all the foundations that you stand upon until you are nothing but a small girl yeah. in the ring, helpless. Yeah. And your man can't even save you. Yeah. I, I, I want to know where this goes. I hope they don't ignore the whole Britt Baker part of it. Oh, I don't uh, either. Yeah. But also, where was Cody? Cody, that is something that they did a good job of. Tony and Jim Ross doing it. Jim Ross says Cody's in the trainer's room. And then Tony says, he even further explains, because of social distancing, Cody, and they're on this field, that Cody is on the locker room on the other side of campus. Oh, I missed that. Yes. I was so like, yes, Yeah, everybody kept saying that. But no, Tony, that's that's what a great announcer why Tony's one of the best over time. He even says, because of social distancing, he uses the real world, we have to spread the trainer's room and everything so it's on the other side of campus. So basically, if Cody knows this is happening, if there's a TV in the training room, he's not going to get here in time to do anything about it. You know what, though? I would have low-key loved to have seen him trying to run across a football field. <laughs> but not get there in time. That would have that would have been a detail. That would have been a detail because you know they keep in the kayfabe. But you know Cody's actually in the back on the monitor watching this happen to his wife. But <laughs> <laughs> okay, but real talk, real quick though. Like, so that was one of the things that made this like legit okay to watch was yeah. that you know people were upset about it and. <laughs> That's obviously the point of it. Just like when MJF is a dick and I hate him for it, that's the point, right? But, like, this wouldn't have happened without Brandy's 
full consent and active participation. Yes. Like this was a Brandy thing as much as it was a Cody thing, as much as it was a Jake the Snake thing, as much as it was a Tony Khan thing. And it, like when you're when I was watching that, that's kind of one of the neat things about wrestling these days is that like you're still within the kayfabe story of it and you're still reacting to the horror and the like disgust that you feel watching this. But then there's a part of you that's like, no, it's still okay because like they're okay with it. And then you, you kind of feel like you have permission to just go fully on board with the disgust even exactly. more. Exactly. <laughs> that's why I have to remind people it's a TV show. In the end, as much as we love wrestling and everything, it is a TV show. If this happened on any other TV show, you would be mad at the bad guy. But you would know, you know, there's going to be a resolution eventually, right? You're, right. you're not going to be up in arms about it. It's just going to be like your, your TV show mad at this guy because he's doing what he's supposed to do. Like basically yeah. all of Game of Thrones. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, you were either a Cinching Lannister person or you weren't, you know. <laughs> and, you know, you either like, man, she's cold-hearted and I love everything she does. Or you're like, I hate her. 80% probably more on the hate of her side. And that's what it is. You're supposed to hate Jake Roberts. Good job. He did his job. You're supposed well, to Well, and hate. I think also, like, Lance Archer is still new. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's had the taped episodes and everything. But he's still new to people. And he's still, like, people who knew him from New Japan are hyped as hell to see him here. Yeah. And I think that's a tricky thing to try to navigate, which they've been doing really well, by the way. When you have somebody who debuts, who's beloved because, you know, they were watched in another company and then they come over here, even though they may have been a heel in the other company, too, because Lance was in New Japan. But he was also like gray area kind of thing. Um, they've been doing a great job of turning the tide of the crowd in an organic, natural way. Yeah. And this is the first time that I felt like a real sense of shock to turn but i think it was really effective yeah especially because of the the key players involved yeah just think like i said just think of it like uh you, you in this one you don't have to take a time because this is pretty much every movie trope think of it you have this badass this fighter and then there's the mastermind behind him you know cody's like i don't even know why you hate me you know what i mean so i'm not gonna take you serious so they beat up his brother to make them take him seriously. Now they now they put a snake and embarrass his wife to make him take him seriously. They're like, Cody, notice us, you know? We hate you. And we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> <coughs> we're gonna take out. We took out your brother, we took out one of your closest wrestling friends, and now we embarrassed your wife. We want you coming into this match angry. Because that's when we think you're at your weakest. So good. So good. Um, so this was actually so good that you have on our notes here that Taz interviews Darby, Darby Allen. And I recall seeing Darby's name on the screen. But I don't recall the actual interview because it was right after this. Yes. And yeah. my brain was so like, oh my God. Which is, again, a hallmark of a great impactful moment that like it could break your brain so much. That your favorite person could come on the screen and you're just like, I, I don't even know what's happening right now. Oh, so nothing, take me through it, this it, interview. It, it was very much nothing. Taz asked him how he felt about going after the last match. Darby didn't say anything. He's like, you, you made a lot of mistakes. You pinned yourself. 
I can do a lot to help you, you know, in the future to make you not make those mistakes. Darby stares at him. To make you not pin yourself. <laughs> yeah. So Darby stares at him and then walks away. And that I think I, that is what I think everybody got lost in the whole Cody thing. Is that in essence, Cody didn't beat Darby. Darby beat himself. It's like, wow. You know, that's that's that was the big thing on that. And it was like Taz reminded him of that. And he just kind of walked away in anger. So That is a really, really cool story for his for his arc. Yeah. Because the whole thing, you know, we were talking the last time we were able to record together, we were talking about Cody and Darby. I don't know if it was last time, but either way, recent episode um, about the handshake after the match and how Darby refused to shake Cody's hand and walked away from him in anger or punched him or something. I don't remember exactly what happened, but the whole reason for that was because he felt like he had let himself down. And Cody down, but more importantly, that he let himself down. So if he lost the match himself and it was noticeable enough for someone who is a legend and a veteran to notice that and directly ask him about it, that's got a really sting for him. And that's going to really add some depth to the layers of his character. I don't even want to call it a character, though, of of the story of his humanity going into wrestling and fighting for himself. Yeah, I think Darby Allen, like John Moxley, even though he has the painted face, I think he plays the least of a character on the show than anyone. I think that's just yeah. Darby. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's just, he's pissed, you know? He said at the beginning of the year he wasn't going to lose any matches. And the one match that he lost, it's because he pinned himself. That is absolutely wild. Okay, <laughs> so our main event. Our main event, like, <laughs> this was crazy to watch because we'd already had a crazy night. The show felt so good with all the pyro, with the big match feels, with new themes even. It was so great. And then we have, you know, the inner circle come out. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is going to be great. And then Kenny Omega's music hits. And I'm like, oh, my God, I completely forgot Kenny was in this match. This is going to be awesome. And then Matt Hardy's music hits. And I'm like, oh, my God, my brain just, like, kind of goes haywire all over again for the second time in the night which is another great (laughs) moment for a show but like this is Matt Hardy's in-ring debut and not only is it Matt Hardy's in-ring debut but this match ended up being a match that was absolutely dazzling like I would have spent 50 double or nothing dollars to watch this as a main event this was so fun and crazy and thrilling and shocking and we got memes out of it we got a crazy moonsault out of like i don't remember know what the thing is called that kenny jumped off of this like crazy high rise thing like this match was breathless and amazing and thrilling and so fun what a great way to end the show and what a great way to debut matt hardy and his Damascus character and tie all of that together in a match instead of just having like theatrical promos. We got to see how that looks in the ring. Oh, or I guess in we the back see, room. We got to see a man thrown into an ice machine, an ice maker or whatever. <laughs> a 20 pound bag of ice. Oh my God. Uh, 
Yeah, um, uh, Lasex Gods, Chris Jericho, and Sammy G. I, I've been over the moon about, with Chris Jericho on commentary, doing all these things during the isolation period, Sammy G, every time he's on screen making you pay attention. Um, I, I'd say they've been the MVPs of the AEW isolation period. I, I, I can honestly say anytime Sammy's on screen, he makes you pay attention. And then when Jericho, whatever he was doing, he made you pay attention. Well, they're in a match with, of course, Kenny Omega, who literally can have a great match with a broom, and Matt Hardy, who has proven he's willing to do anything. All of that together made magic. I mean, so much happened in this match that I could, you could give me an hour to just talk about this match, and I would still forget something that happened in this match. But the thing that I will never forget is Crazy Kenny Omega <laughs> or, and Matt, Crazy Kenny Omega jumping, doing a backflip off. And it's like, it's like, you don't understand. In the cautious world that we live in, if he doesn't land perfectly, they don't catch him. They're not in the right position. That is bad. You may lose your superstar for like a year. Because that's going to be, he was up there pretty high. And it's like, oh my God, he did it. And then, of course, complete trust in your coworkers. It came off beautifully. And Sammy G, oh my God, getting chased down by the car. Oh my God, gif, meme, whatever you want to do. And he gets hit and he flies and he sells the hell out of it. Oh my God, I was just like, on concrete. There's no padding. There's no crash pad. There's nothing there. Man, I I was I just came out impressed by everyone in this match. But I feel like Sammy G somehow shined the brightest. You know, you make a good point when you say... In the cautious world that we live in, you know, obviously we're talking about wrestling and how how uh, people can get injured easily. But if you look at the actual cautious world we're living in right now yeah. with coronavirus, with isolations, with social distancing, with quarantine, and then you get this sort of cathartic release at the end where you've got Jericho wearing a construction cone as a witch's hat. You've got somebody slamming a 20 pound bag of ice into somebody's head. You've got people chasing down people with a, you know, with a golf cart and running them over. And you got somebody back flipping off of a, a, a lift. Like this was wild and crazy and, and fun in a way that we haven't been able to feel in a long time. It that was, like we could just be reckless. Yeah, and it was fun. a release and it was just like, you know, I'm watching it the second time on the west coast feed and it's like still like oh that happened oh that happened oh that happened and you know jake hager gets involved and you know when kenny and matt are about to win and then you know santa ortiz who they've done a great job not showing on screen all show you know you've seen all the wrestlers that are there kind of out in the crowd but you hadn't seen Santana on the tees. I had decided they weren't there. And then out of nowhere, they show up. It was perfectly done. Oh, and then you got the inner circle on the giant sign at the football field. And then I'm giving the middle finger. Oh, my God. That, that, that 
was just perfect. It was just like, that's a background, you know, that's a moment. That is a, if you like height of the inner circle, right? Even Jericho's not champion, but the height of the inner circle, you got the Jacksonville football stadium, Jumbotron with the inner circle and them standing in front of it, looking like badasses, flipping everybody off. I love AEW so freaking much, dude. Like, so much. It makes me so happy. That show, that ending, the inner circle, Sammy Guevara getting killed every other episode. Like, this whole thing makes me so happy. And I just realized, as we were talking about this, that, like, do you remember back in February? The I want to say the four weeks of February were some of the best wrestling we've seen on American television yep. ever. And that was because we were building up to revolution. Remember? Yeah. We just got one of the best <laughs> episodes of Dynamite. And I know we say that every time, but like legit. Um, and we're building up to double or nothing. Yeah. And it, you know, for a while I was sad about that because we were supposed to be there and we're not. And that sucks. But now after this episode of Dynamite, I'm just freaking stoked because I know that next week is going to be awesome. And the week after that is going to be awesome. Like we are going to get another ramp up, especially at a time where it feels like, God, we really need it. We need that distraction. We need that release. We need the fun and the reckless chaos. We need that. And this is going to be so awesome. The, so the, the build has been the, the the this is kind of the beginning of the build, you know. You got a little bit in isolation, but this is the real build, and it was perfect. So perfect. And then next week we've got MJF in action. We've got Jurassic Express versus the Best Friends. Oh my God, that's gonna be ridiculous, dude. Yeah, yeah that's gonna be so ridiculous. Like that is gonna be one of those where you would have dueling chants in the crowd. So I'm sure they'll do it with the wrestlers, but like. Luchasaurus and Jurassic Express versus Best Friends with Orange Cassidy. Yeah. Oh, my you, God. And you think about this with Luchasaurus. You know, he was kind of getting pushed, and then he tore his, like, did his hamstring thing. And then he was wrestling, but you could tell something was wrong. He just had, what, like, what, two, three months kind of to heal? Hope me, maybe we get 100% Luchasaurus now. You better find his tail on being the elite first. Yeah, you gotta find his tail. <laughs> gotta find his tail. We've got Mr. Brody Lee versus Christopher Daniels. This is also going to be really cool because Christopher Daniels was uh, speculated. There was a, you know, is he, isn't he kind of story as to whether or not he was going to betray his friends and be the exalted one of the Dark Order. So that's going to be an interesting matchup. Yeah, we would have probably gotten this match the week after Rochester. If it hadn't been for everything that happened. Because, you know, the big thing at Rochester is Christopher Daniels screaming there is no Exalted One. And then Brody Lee debuting. If we, if this was like regular world again, that 325 show would have probably been Brody Lee versus Christopher Daniels. Yeah, probably. We've also got, uh, we get to hear from Jake Roberts and Lance Archer. I imagine we'll probably, you know, get some follow-up in some way or another with Brandy as well. And then, oh my God, we get, this is going to be great. Oh my gosh. I just, <laughs> just read it and I got really excited again. Okay. We have Sheeta, Penelope Ford, Britt Baker, and Chris Statlander in a fatal four-way, which is going to be amazing. And I imagine be it's going to decide the number one contender. It's not announced, but 
Come on. Yeah, I mean, you got a fatal four-way, of course, and you're leading up to double or nothing, right? Yeah. No, this is going to be great because we haven't seen a lot of these women in a long time. Obviously, we've seen Britt Baker, and we've seen Penelope Ford side, uh, you know, accompanying Kip Sabian, but we haven't gotten to see her really fully back in action. And so I'm really excited to see her involved in this match. I'm excited to see Hikaru Shida and, uh, you know, Chris Statt. This is going to be so much fun. And then we've got Chris Jericho versus Pineapple Pete. Now, I don't know about you, Floyd, but I am going to be getting some Malibu rum. I've already got pineapple chunks. I'm getting little umbrellas. We are making some tropical drinks up in this house for Pineapple Pete and Chris Jericho. It's going to be amazing. If you listen (laughs) to this, you're not a hardcore fan. His real name is Suge D or Sugar Duncanton. Just so when they announce it, they're not going to call him Pineapple Pete. I just, Drew Jericho called him Pineapple Pete and it has stuck and it has blew up his career. It's like, it absolutely <laughs> has. And they may call him Pineapple, Pineapple Pete. Pete. Yeah. So, yeah, he's going to rock the shirt. It. And it was funny when they announced the match, Jim Ross said, Are you serious? Like, this match <laughs> is happening next week. <laughs> oh, get out of here. So good. <laughs> yes, it was so good. He's like, So, this is happening. And then what I only can assume is the main event. Uh, we got Santana Ortiz versus Hardy and Omega. That's yes, crazy. and that was the thing that I squeaked about. <laughs> because I was so excited about both of these like teams. I love Matt Hardy and Kenny Omega together. I love it. It's so good. And I love Santana and Ortiz, and it's been a long time since we've seen them in the ring. So this is going to be really Really good, especially coming hot off of the heels of the Inner Circle defeating them this week on Dynamite. And then, of course, there's also an interesting element that I don't know if they're going to touch on. So far, they have not. But is Hangman Page going to be upset at all that Kenny Omega's finding so much glory and success and awe and thrills in the crowd and the fans with this new tag team partner? Yeah, uh, he could, or he could, you know, the only match they've tagged together, they lost. He could point that out. I guess that's true. <laughs> he could point that out. And then now they're about to face one of the bad team, best tag teams in the world. Uh, proud and powerful, a.k.a. Santana and Ortiz. I am, I'm really looking forward to this match. Uh, I always drive home the fact how much I love tag team wrestling. Uh, I love that this is, seems like it's going to just be a regular tag team match. And I'm looking forward to it because Santana and Ortiz have, uh, they've been great on the bubbly bunch, but, you know, it's time for them to do what they do best, and that's beat people up. And be the best. The The best. best. The The best. best. And I did did leave one thing. We are going to find out the rules and everything, uh, the details into the casino ladder match for an AEW world title shot. Of course, WWE fans are saying this is just like money in the bank. Um, I mean, it's wrestling, so things are going to be similar. Just that's life. yeah. I don't care. Okay, yeah, so you know what life. I hear when yeah. I see, when I see casino ladder match for an AEW World Title shot. You know what my thought is, yeah. dude? Holy shit, this is going to be crazy. Yeah. I love ladder matches. AEW is insane with them, so this is going to be scary and awesome and fun. My first thought isn't. I want to. Well, WWE did it. <laughs> yeah, I want to. I want a Lucha Bro in there. Yeah, and we didn't say anything about WWE moving the hard cam the week after AEW's first live show. You know, 
Didn't say anything about that. <laughs> this might be shocking to some of you out there, but sometimes wrestling promotions borrow ideas that work off of each other and then utilize them. Just like it's not even o- wrestling. Just it's like every other it's business. Every business. <laughs> yes. Do you think Walmart invented the express checkout line? <laughs> Some other company did it, and they was like, man, that's a great idea. Exactly. <laughs> Nobody's out there, like, you know, defending Walmart against, you know, Kroger and be like, Kroger did it first. I can't believe that you guys are doing the self-checkout line. You know, what? whatever, dude. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's just one of those things that's just funny because, you know, you have you have them on both sides. You do, you do. You have the, you know, AEW apologists. You definitely have those. And you have the WWE apologists. And I'm like, why do we need to apologize for anything? Just enjoy what you enjoy. Yeah, do just enjoy what you enjoy. Like, watch what you like. Don't watch what you don't like. Yeah. Don't feel bad about it. Just enjoy your stuff. You know, yeah. like, I don't feel bad that I don't like certain foods. I don't like yeah. sit there and be like, have to write out a thing and be yes. like, okay, so I should give space to this food that I don't like because I'm about to enjoy this food that I really do like. Like, no, no. Just, uh, just do the things you like, man. Yeah. Enjoy. Yes. It. It's, it's funny. Uh, we were just talking about it before we started to press record and I'm not going to go off on a long tangent, but wrestling fans make up these rules that they have to follow and they were so hard on wrestling and re- other wrestling fans and it's just like we don't need to be no we don't need to be yeah we don't you know what yeah. you could you could you know not like aew initially and then like it now and that's cool man yeah you could have liked aew initially and not really like it so much now that's cool you could not ever watch it that's cool because you're watching other stuff that you like instead yeah. awesome yeah. you do you I'm going to do me. Mass Singer comes <laughs> on at the same time as AEW, you know? It's a great show, you know? They're like, I watch it like my wife watches it, and then I watch it later. It's not a thing. It's okay. Watch what you enjoy. Enjoy what you enjoy. We just give, as a group, humans give people so much shit over what they like and what they don't like. It's just weird to me. Just yeah, like Yeah, I don't everything. know. It reminds me too much of being mm. in, like, middle school and high school (laughs) i'm good (laughs) yeah just like what you like uh, you know and it's it's okay it's okay well i'm like an aew i am so stoked for the build to double or nothing because the realization that we got that amazing month in february and then the show of dynamite was so good it was so reinvigorating to watch that that just makes me even more excited about next week because I know we're in that ramping buildup to Double or Nothing. And if this show is going to be so good that it's going to make me forget my sadness because I'm so freaking hyped, that is a good place to be, and I am for it. Yeah, I, and that's what it is. I need escapism. I, I, you know, it, it, like, I'm going in and out of kind of funks because I don't have this thing to look forward to. Like, I bought, it, it's funny, last week, I had this credit, and I was like, you know what, in anticipation, I'm going to buy a flight ticket to New York, and then a flight ticket from Boston, so I could go to Wrestle Dynasty, and then SummerSlam, oh. and then come oh. home, and I, I talked about this last week, in that week, uh, Russell Dynasty has been postponed to 2021, and Boston has said they've canceled all large events through uh, Labor Day. 
That literally canceled one week. I did this last Thursday, and in eight days, both of those things were closed. So I was like, I literally have nothing to look forward to. I think it's a large reason this morning I bought a ticket to watch the Kansas City Chiefs' first game of the season in the NFL because I just need something to look forward to. Oh, for sure. I imagine that, you know, wrestling events and stuff that will get back to normal by next year. Um, but like, it's, it's the long road of cancellations, you know, like I'm pretty sure all out's going to be canceled and like, or not canceled, but you In know, no fan. Exactly. Yeah. And that's just, that's, that's the reality now. And I also fully expect that when we do start opening things up with fans again, that we're going to have masks, by the way, speaking of masks, um, I hope you don't mind that I'm going to do this real quick. Uh, but, uh, Nyla Rose's wife, Kel. She runs a seamstress. She is a seamstress. She runs a sewing company. It's a small business. It's her um, at Seams Legit on Twitter. It's S-E-A-M-S. She is making badass masks, and they're super cute. They're super comfy. They're gorgeous. There's lots of different designs to choose from. We just ordered some for our family because we ordered masks on Amazon two months ago, and they still haven't gotten here. We ordered ours from her last week, and they came in today. And they are awesome. So if you're looking for masks for when we are able to go to shows again, I would definitely look her up. I hope you don't mind me sending an impromptu plug for her way because no. she's badass. She's awesome. Kale I love awesome. her. Kyle is awesome. Uh, yes. She's one of uh, she is one of those things. She's a great follow because she has her convictions and she will let you know them. And I love it because she has put some people in their place. And I oh, love absolutely! That about her. But, and uh, she's also just hilarious. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and I was going to say super talented. Yeah, like the things she done, the costumes and things that she's done for Nyla have all been amazing. Yeah, uh, so definitely, I'm glad you gave her. I'm glad you gave her a shout out. Yeah, absolutely, man. So yeah, I, I imagine that when we do have you know, fans in arenas again, that we're probably going to have to wear masks. And that's something that, you know, may just be our reality for a while. There are airlines now that are requiring masks, um, public transportation systems requiring masks, businesses requiring masks. So that, that just might be a factor of life for big crowd events in the future. And, you know, if you go to Seems Legit, you'll be prepared. So <laughs> yeah. Don't breathe on people, y'all. Just don't do it. I got my yeah. Cody mask, and uh, so the weird thing, bought, bought the Cody shirt and bandana, right? And it was like, okay, new Cody shirt, new bandana. I was like, okay, get that. And he's like, I'm going to show you how to turn it into a mask. Then they put Cody mask on sale. <laughs> I'm very confused. I bought both because, you know, Cody lives in my pocket, but... Yeah, so definitely Pro Wrestling Tees has good stuff, but I would say definitely go to Kel first. She does, she gives a, uh, like, I forgot what she was doing. She was making masks and giving them away, right? She was making masks for healthcare workers. Yeah, healthcare she workers. She was having, there were hospitals and nurses at various hospitals in her area texting her um, with, you know, emergency requests because they didn't have any. So she was constantly i think there was a three-day like binge where she was 24 7 making masks and uh people had donated uh money for fabric and things for it because it was literally just her pocket her time her making them her materials and she was just giving them all to healthcare workers 
and that was awesome. So yeah, this was this was definitely something that uh, felt good to do because you know that you're supporting somebody who's really looking out for other people too. Yeah, that's what. I, yeah, that that's what I was getting at. It's just like support her because she just does a lot for everyone and everything, and has done a lot to support people from uh, uh, during this time. Hell yeah, man! All right. Well, do you have anything else? No, man, I'm good. This has been super fun. The show was so great this week. I can't wait for next week. And uh, I hope everybody out there is staying safe and taking care of themselves. All right. Before we go, I want to remind you, for people that have stuck with us and listened to, this is episode 60. We're posting episode 60. You like, retweet, comment what you're most looking forward to from Double or Nothing. That is your entry. Uh, we will announce it on the, let's see, the, tomorrow's the 9th, the 23rd. Well, actually, the 22nd. We're going to make sure it gets out as early as possible so in case, so you don't have to buy it and get the free option or whatever. But So we can get you into watching Double or Nothing. Uh, definitely uh, make sure you're following the at, at, at Elite Pod Twitter for more information and for the announcement of the winner. And make sure you listen to the show. Keep downloading. So, hey, I will remind you. Uh, this, yeah, we we are in isolation. Some places are opening up. Some places are closing down. I say, all I'll say is, I make the best decision for you and your family. If you're in a place where you can go out and do things, definitely do that. If you still feel uh, it's needed to stay in the house and stay isolated, do that. I will never judge you doing what is best for you and your group, and I don't think anyone should. Take care of others. Be nice to the people that are serving you. If you happen to go to a restaurant and you can afford to, throw a little extra tip in there. If someone's delivering you food and you can afford to, throw a little extra tip in there. Just be courteous and just be kind and support each other during this time. I think we should do it all the time, but especially during this time because you're going out every day and there's a lot of people, you know, taking more risks than usual to keep the world turning. So definitely look out for everyone. And just remember, whether it's home, work, I guess some people are going back to work, still not going back to school, so it's home, work, or school from home. Always do your best to be a
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 